Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt, director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt. And as we begin here today, I would like to call out to the ancestors. I'd like to call out to all that is good and true and beautiful in each of your ancestral lines, those listening now and those who will listen in the future through the downloads. It doesn't matter when or where. The ancestors are always with us. So let us call out to those who bring us our legacy, those on whose shoulders we stand. We call out to you to be with us here today to gather round, that we might learn from those who have gone before us, and that we may go forward in a way making wiser decisions than those sharing space and time with us here in present time. As I spent many years of my life writing the encyclopedia, I come to understand now that the entire purpose of that work was that we could all remember the skills humanity has shared throughout the ages to make better quality decisions, to make decisions that could allow us to do good things now, potentially for the next seven generations. Right now, we have people making decisions that aren't even good for the moment, much less this generation. So I call out to those ancestors to be with us here today that we, the living, might learn to make better quality decisions in a way that shapes the future for those who are coming. And I call out to those ancestors to be with us here today. I call out to the earth below that wise and beautiful dreaming creature that brought us all here to the surface of the earth to enjoy this great miracle, to share it, this great miracle called life. We share this miracle with other living things. Things that don't live remotely the kind of lives that we live, but they live nonetheless. The plants, the animals, the birds, the insects, the water creatures, earth itself, weather. All of these things are alive each in their own way. And it is not our place to command that all things are shaped by our will. So let us call out to the energy of the earth here today that we may be inspired by the wonder and diversity and beauty of her dreaming that brought this great miracle of life here to this planet. Let us be inspired by her to dream well, to create a much more inspired future where there is true respect and honoring and reverence of the great diversity of life. Let us call out to the energy of the earth to give us a firm place to stand as we do this dreaming, to feel the inter- interconnectedness of all things as we dream, and to know that no one of us is here to do it alone, that we are here side by side, that we might work together to create a better future. We call out to the earth to inspire us in this action. And let us reach up from the earth to the sky, all the way up to the highest power of the universe, and draw down the wisdom of the cosmos, draw down blessing, draw down protection, draw down the generosity of this amazing world that we are in. We call this energy down that we might learn how to be better mentors 
better champions, that we might learn to be more generous, and that we might learn ultimately to live our lives so that every thought, word, and deed is a blessing given to life. So we call out the energy of the sky above and the earth below to come together within us in that big love that has given birth to all life in form as we know it. And finally, I call out to the energy of your hearts to be with us here today, that you might learn today how to better merge in your heart the passions of your belly that carries the programming of your soul's purpose, the wisdom and clarity of your mind, that you might bring these together in the heart and allow the heart to do the heart magic that allows us to know how to bring ourselves into the world in a way that is a true expression of our own uniqueness and yet is aligned and merged and connected with all life. May we all here today hear what must be heard. May what needs to be spoken be spoken. And may we all go forward from these proceedings today better able to live our soul's true purpose in our life. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining me here today. I thank the spirits for gathering around as well. And I thank the generosity of the people in Last Mass community for their generous donations that make this show possible, that we all might listen all around the globe, should we choose to. The title or the purpose of our shows today is Soul's Purpose and how that energy is the core of our well-being. And so for those of you that enjoy well-being, um, share it. (laughs) For those of you that do not enjoy well-being, listen up. Because we live in a world here today that does not encourage you to place your soul's purpose at the core of your life. But if you will do that one single act, your well-being will have a place to ground itself. And you will be enjoying physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual health and well-being before you know it. If you choose to do the one essential thing the shamanic cultures around the world and throughout time have shown us that we each exist here for a unique reason to bring our unique soul's purpose to the world. And it is in the doing of that, that we come to understand who we are and how to be here in this world in a good way. And to do so in a way that is an expression of the health and well-being of the human, the human being. So uh, this is the first live show for a couple of weeks because I've been away teaching and I've been teaching in particular this first workshop that we teach in the four-year training about soul's purpose. And in that workshop, we explore uh, where did we lose our sense of our purpose and why did we lose that connection with it? And I, I guess most importantly, we discuss how do we reforge our original relationship with our soul's purpose. And so I want to publicly honor and acknowledge the 16 courageous souls who joined me for Masks of Illusion and the Authentic Self this past week. Um, It was a great adventure to be with these people. And I want to welcome them and acknowledge them um, as they now enter into the Last Mass community. So this workshop is where we begin um, the work of reforging the original relationship with your authentic self. And this, the authentic self is the part of yourself who holds the code or the blueprint for why you are here. Um, Betsy Bergstrom uses, I'm forgetting what word she uses, but it's similar. That there is this aspect of yourself 
whose entire reason for existence is to hold on to this code of your true nature, your true blueprint for why you are here. And this aspect of yourself knows your soul's purpose. And this is the most important thing to understand, that this aspect of yourself will abandon you before it will abandon its job which is to hold on to and know your soul's purpose. And so if you have lived a life where you have been restricted or limited in knowing and living your soul's purpose, it's very possible that this part of yourself abandoned you in an effort to preserve the code, the knowing of why you are here. And this is an important piece to understand. So anyway, this was a great week with these 16 amazing human beings. I am still a little tired, I must admit, But I am sitting in deep gratitude for the quality and the heart of the people who have now entered Last Mass community. And as I said, the show today is live. And if you have questions, you're welcome to call in at 512-772-1938 or Skype in. And that's the easiest way to do that is to be on the co-creatornetwork.com and click the button for Skyping in. And you can always email me at christina at lastmask.com center.org. So today we are talking about soul's purpose. And my uh, teacher in Taoism um, said to us once, and anxiety is distance from self. In other words, the anxiety that we experience in life, which for many of you is the source of your lack of well-being. Anxiety about who you should be, how you should be it, what you should feel, what you don't feel, what you should think, what you're not thinking, who you are, who's God, what's your relationship with God, and ultimately, you know, are your teeth white enough and is your butt too big? I mean, we are fraught with anxiety about ourselves. When in truth, the very fact of the experience of anxiety from a Taoistic perspective is simply your distance from self. Your distance from being in alignment with the code, the blueprint, with the purpose that you have come here to live. Because the truth is when you're living your soul's purpose, it really doesn't matter how big your butt is or how white your teeth is. When we live our soul's purpose, We come into alignment with ourselves and into alignment with our entire, or we put ourselves into context with why we are here. So everything that we are doing begins to take on meaning, whether it's our suffering or our brilliance, our creativity, um, even our dreaming. All of these things then take on the context of why am I here and what am I doing? How am I doing it? So... There are three fundamental things that we must accept if we are to align with our soul's purpose and restore that soul's purpose as the core of our well-being. First, we must accept that we are energy beings. And in the history of why shamanism now, there are many, many shows in the archives about being an energy being, about grounding, about boundaries, about protection, about cultivation of energy, about what is your responsibility as an energetic being. Yes, we're human beings, but the truth of the matter is human beings are energy beings. And if you can't make that switch in your mind, 
you will be handicapped throughout your entire life of recognizing what it is that you need to do to figure out why you're here and to do it. And, and in the doing of that, to cultivate your well-being. That much of the experience of discomfort or anxiety or um, lack of satisfaction with yourself or simply confusion about what the hell's going on out there, what's the hell's going on in your life, that these subtle experiences, which become not so subtle as they accumulate day after day after day, are really coming simply out of our ignorance that we are energy beings and we need to be paying attention energetically in our life. Given that, then, we need to learn some skills to be able to do that because most of us don't get that in kindergarten. They don't didn't teach me that in public school. And so part of the, not the finesse, it's really the basics of living in the world and understanding yourself as a being in the world is being willing to make that shift from the apparent, from the physical, to the energy. And so the first thing we need to accept, if we're going to be able to align with our soul's true purpose and uh, allow our well-being then to coalesce around that, is we must accept that we are energy beings, that this is not apparent, but it is what is going on, and that most often things are not what they appear, because what's really going on isn't what's appearing here in physical form, but it's what is going on in the energy below the surface. And if you are paying attention to yourself and your own energy that is going on below the surface, it'll be better. You will be better able then to begin to cultivate awareness of what is going on outside of you. Um, so the second thing, that one thing leads to many things that we have discussed around the basics of living well and our daily practices. But for now, we'll probably circle back around to this, but for now, I want to move along because I said there are three fundamental things we must accept if we are to align with our soul's purpose. And the second thing is we must accept that our universe, and that is everything. So our universe, in our universe, the energy that is everything manifests in two forms. And that this energy needs to be constantly moving between these forms to support life. In other words, I'm not talking about a duality where there's energy A and energy B. What I'm talking about is that there is one energy that is pulsing, vibrating, breathing, how, whatever human metaphor you want to attach to it. There is one energy. But that energy to support life in its the nature of his existence, I mean, Lord knows I didn't make it, so I can't explain it, but the, but the experience of it, for those of us who are here having to live with it, is that it's moving constantly between these two pulses, phase, phases of the pulse, however you want to think of it. You can go read Greg Braden and he can explain it beautifully. But the point is that the energy is constantly moving. And the Taoists spoke of this to us when they named them yin and yang energies. And so what we need to understand about this, because frankly, as Westerners, we don't understand this. But what we need to understand about this is that we are made of yin and yang energies and that the health of a human being is entirely dependent on our ability to get that this pulsing vibratory nature is the nature of our universe and therefore it's the nature of us 
And so what we need to understand about yang energy is that it is the essential nature of yang energy to express. It rises up, it heats, and it expresses itself. Um, just like water boiling, it, it, though, as the water boils, it becomes a vapor and the vapor eventually disperses itself out into the universe. Okay, so that's yang energy. So what's important to understand about that is yang energy, unperturbed by any other force, just allowed to be its own true nature, will completely extinguish itself, right? thus leading to extinction and death. Now, yin energy, the other pulse of our energy that makes up everything in our universe, yin energy left to its nature. So yin energy would be the water with no heat applied as a metaphor. It's the stillness. It's deep, restorative energy. And as yin energy left to its own devices, unperturbed by any other energy, otherwise known as yang energy, um, unperturbed. Yin energy will move to complete stillness and from stillness to complete stagnation and from stagnation to death. So each energy or each phase of the energy that makes up everything left to its own devices, unperturbed by anything else, leads to death. And that's why I'm saying this is not a duality because either one of these energies alone can't live. There is no life in either one of these energies alone. So it's not about two ways of living. It's about one energy that is all life that has two phases and that we as human beings must honor and acknowledge both phases of energy in our life, in our choices and how we choose to live. And so for example, you could be very clear about where your soul's purpose is and you could express it continuously until you extinguish yourself. If you do not also choose to cultivate the energy needed to draw from to express that soul's purpose, you will express your soul's purpose for a very, very short period of time, which may be beautiful, but you'll go out in a blaze of glory and that'll be it. And frankly, we'd like you to stay around. We'd like you to stay around and, and over the time of your life, express your soul's purpose in many ways. And so, my point then is, is that there's more to the game here than just getting that perfect channeled um, message from the angel whoever who's told you exactly what your soul's purpose is and just going out to do it. It doesn't work that way. That we are not an endless source of yang energy, an endless source of expression and creativity. That that creativity needs to be fed. And that the, not because it's a hungry ghost, but because it is the nature of our universe that we cannot, everything moves in a, in a circle. It doesn't move in a straight line. It isn't just expression, expression, expression. It isn't just profit, profit, profit. It isn't just grow, grow, grow. That there is a circular nature to things here in our life. So if I pick one brilliant gem out there in the world for us to express ourselves like um, The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. The morning pages is an opportunity to express, 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 and to practice that free-flowing, true yang energy. But the genius of her work is there's also the artist state. And in the artist state, you go do something once a week that you've never done before. That's just, who knows, whether it'll be fun, maybe it won't. But the point is to experience new things and to make a deposit into your creativity bank. 
And so there you have it right there in this wonderful offering from Julia to the world here is this cultivating the yin and the yang in, in the expression of yourself or in, your, in the artist, basically. Okay, so I said three things, and so far I've talked about two. So the first is your willingness to accept that you are a being of energy, period. Right? You happen to be manifesting as a human. That's lovely. You're very cute, but you are an energy being, and you need to learn how to cultivate that. The second thing is, in our universe, this energy that is all things and is the oneness of all things manifests in two forms that it must be continuously, not necessarily rapidly, but continuously moving between these forms to sustain life. And so you must be willing to cultivate both expressions, both uh, manifestations of this energy within yourself to sustain your life. And then finally, the third thing we must accept as human beings to be able to cultivate this state of ongoing well-being is we must learn that the one true expression of ourself that we are responsible for is our soul's purpose. We have no other reason for existence. And that is the most important reason for our existence. And so... That's another piece that we then bring in from shamanic cultures. Why? Because shamanic cultures, while they were not perfect, as I've said in other casts, radio shows, what they understood was how to live in balance with themselves, with other people, with their environment, and with the spirit world. They understood how to attend to the dead so that the dead weren't stuck here with the living. They understood the critical importance of initiation so that people didn't die children and continue to try to feed off their relatives. They understood the possibility of soul loss and how easy it is to repair that if we simply pay attention. They understood that energetically as beings, we have an energetic relationship with beings that don't have form, with helping spirits. They understood how to bring all of this reality of our energetic life into the apparent physical life and to live here in a way that established a kind of harmony and balance with all things. And this is what we desperately need to come to understand today as individuals so that we can experience our own well-being and then offer that well-being out to the world in our communities and ultimately in our nations and ultimately ultimately for the globe. But if we can't establish peace, balance, and honoring of our own internal diversity, we cannot hope to do that in the outer world. And it's critically necessary that we do do that today. So we must bring the soul's purpose to the center and establish the core of our own well-being so that we can begin to be mentors and models and teachers for that path that we must walk also as humanity on this planet. So what is a soul's purpose? Let's talk about soul's purpose here real quick, even though we have in many, many other shows. Let's talk about soul's purpose real quick so we're all on the same page about that. All right. So the most important thing to understand about a soul's purpose, other than the fact that you have one, if you are here in human form on this planet, you have a soul's purpose. It's a given. There are no options. There's no opt-out clause. There's no little box you get to check before you get here that says, oh, I'd like to come and not have a soul's purpose. If you're here, you have one, period. Now, I don't care what anyone else has taught you. They're wrong. 
you have a soul's purpose. It is unique in all space and all time. It has never been seen before. It will never be seen again. It is a face of the universe coming to know itself. For those of you that are more esoteric in your understanding, we are each an expression of our universe coming to know itself. And each one of us is unique in our soul's purpose. We're not terribly unique in our suffering. We're not, we're not remotely unique in our dramas. We're not even all that unique as humans. We are unique in what this human being can express with this life. No one else can do it. No one but you. And that uniqueness is critically important. It is a face of the universe coming to know itself. And if you do not live your soul's purpose, that face of the universe will never be known. And the fabric of the universe is weakened for the lack of it. This isn't karma. There are no do-overs. You don't get to come back around and try to do this again. This is it. Next lifetime you come, new soul's purpose. Same karma. Well, more because of this life, potentially, but new soul's purpose. So the soul's purpose is unique. So in other words, your soul's purpose is not to bear children. It is not to teach. It is not to be taught. It is not to heal. It is not to become a healer. It is not even actually to be in service. I'm sorry if that offends some of you. But we are all here equally to do those things. There's nothing unique about that. Our soul's purpose is absolutely unique. It is an energy that is unique to us, and only we are able to express it in the world. All of us are here potentially to bear children. All of us are here to parent children. All of us are here to teach, to heal, to grow, all of these things. We're all here to do those things. So it's not your purpose. And that's the important thing to understand about your soul's purpose. It is a unique energy. And at the same time, It is not a job description. You can't go find a job that is um, the direct expression of your soul's purpose. In other words, for me, it is not my soul's purpose to be a shaman. To be a shamanic practitioner is a great vehicle for my soul's purpose. I danced earlier in my life, somewhat, not as much as I wanted. It was a great path of teaching. It was a reasonable vehicle for my soul's purpose, but not a great vehicle for my soul's purpose. To be a shamanic healer and teacher is a much better vehicle for my soul's purpose. So your your soul's purpose is not a job description. It is an energy that moves that potentially moves through all that you do. And so when people, I'm mortified when people say, I don't, I can't live my soul's purpose right now. I've got three kids. I've got to raise them. They're my focus. Well, yeah, okay, great, but. You want to be raising your children as an expression of your soul's purpose. Your parenting should be an expression of your soul's purpose. Your Everything that you do in your life, ideally, would be an expression of your soul's purpose. So I hope that helps you to make more sense about what a soul's purpose is. And it is an energy that ideally would be at the core of all everything that you are doing. And it gives reason and meaning for why you're doing what you're doing. So why is it then that a soul's purpose is at the center of our well-being? Well, this is a little bit easier to explain in the negative. In other words, what I see in people 
for example, if I look at the physical challenges, which largely have to do with the fact that they don't realize that they're an energy being in the world and they're trying to deal with their physical life purely physically instead of dealing with it energetically. And when I talk with them about that, there's a big question mark, like, why should I bother? Why should I bother to to do this daily practice I'm going to need to do to maintain my grounding and my boundaries and my truth cord and clear my chakras and who the hell cares? Why should I do this? Well, the reason why we should bother to cultivate our energy body is that it is the only way we're going to support our soul's purpose. It's the only way we're going to come to do the healing that we need to do to even discover our soul's purpose and go live it. It is the only way we be, we can become a person who is agile and aware enough in everyday life to keep our life on track, to live our soul's purpose. Our body and its wisdom and the emotional body and its wisdom, which gets all bound up when we don't live as energy beings in our world, these two energies are the critically important guides to the manifestation of our soul's purpose day after day after day. If these energies are ignored and denied, then you've lost your guides. How would you know? People say, well, how would I know what your soul's purpose is? Well, you won't. You won't know your soul's purpose if you can't feel that resonance of that alignment, if you can't feel the resonance of your purpose. I have had people come to me and tell me, I know I'm supposed to be a shaman because when I'm being a shaman, when I'm doing work with people, everything feels good. And what I see in that sometimes is truth. And sometimes what I see in that is avoidance. That sort of idea that I know it in my mind. Because the real feeling of alignment with our soul's purpose is that our body is aligned, our emotions are aligned, that we come into a kind of balance and wholeness with, with ourselves, and the person that we are in the doing of our soul's purpose is a better version of us than the one we were a moment before. This is the potential in the soul's purpose. And so sometimes when people say, well, I know this is my soul's purpose because I feel so good doing it, that goodness can be an expression of that alignment. But it's also possible that that feeling good is because they're not connected to that which is unhealed, that which is they're, they're out of their body and out of their emotions and being able to avoid effectively the very healing that needs to be done to bring us truly into alignment with our soul's purpose. So how again then, as I continue with, so how and why is a soul's purpose the center of your well-being? Because the fact that you have a soul's purpose and you need to live it gives you a reason to do what you need to do to maintain your energy body in a daily way and to do that creatively. Life changes. Sometimes you have kids, sometimes you don't. Sometimes your work demands more, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you're on vacation. All these different things happen. And we need to have um, a daily practice that is able to rise and fall and give and take and flow with the reality of our life, which is that we don't do exactly the same thing every day. But we need to understand the depth of the practice we need to do physically to support our being a being who has a soul's purpose and ultimately to support our physical well-being. Emotionally, 
most of the unresolved feelings in our life that are stuck in our body that keep us from alignment with our own truth and authenticity are moments in our life when we got stopped from living our soul's purpose. And so much of the unresolved emotions and thus the fears and the stories that we've cultivated around who we are and what we can and can't do, whether we can and can't express our power, most of these are forged as the result of our childhood experiences feeling the power of our soul's purpose moving through us and just expressing it in its raw forms as we're trying to figure out how to be a human being growing up. And so the very reason we need to come to the present with our emotional body, in other words, to go back and to resolve all of those moments we abandon ourselves, as small as those moments might be and as large as they might be, they might be as big as a moment of soul loss. The reason that we need to go back to all of these moments that we abandon ourselves is that these are the places that forge the stories that tell us why we cannot live our soul's purpose. Or they tell us why that isn't our soul's purpose. Or they tell us all those feelings that align us with our soul's purpose are bad. Or whatever it is that all of these stories tell us. The point is they're all stories. And they can all be cleared by simply being willing to move into the emotional body and to clear them. So what happens if we don't? What happens if we don't is a whole array of what I call mental unwellness. Because these are emotions that haven't been felt and we're afraid to feel them and it creates these patterns in our body and we develop these habits of emotional unwellness. A little bit of depression, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of anxiety, a little overreaction here, a little underreaction there. And before we know it, after two or three decades of these patterns of mental unwellness, we end up developing actual mental illness. And then before you know it, you've got three or four different drugs going on. And that self that feels the true feelings of your soul's purpose, what it feels like to express it, and the passion for living it is so buried under the stories, is so distrusting of you because you've abandoned it so many times, and is so frustrated trying to get through the pharmaceutical haze in your mind, that it frankly would rather you just give up. So. Being willing to cultivate an emotional life and an emotional practice to clear these energies and be aware of your emotional body and listen to that wisdom is critically important for living your soul's purpose. And in doing so, it will bring your emotional life into health and well-being. The issue with the soul's purpose or the alignment with the soul's purpose relative to you as a mental person. So the mental life is your beliefs, your understanding of who you are and how the world works and why you're here, how it all got here, your psychology, all of these patterns, all of this stuff that lives in your mind. There's no reason for any of it. There's no real reason for any of it until you are aligned with why you are here. Because otherwise, you're just running around trying to do either what everybody told you you were supposed to do or reacting to and trying not to do everything everybody told you you should do. In other words, there's no meaning or purpose in your life without your soul's purpose. It's the reason that you're here. 
And so you're running around trying to be the good father or the, you know, take care of your aging mother, be the good daughter, do what you're supposed to do at work, pleasing people, worrying about being nice, running around in a million different directions, trying to do everything you think you're supposed to be doing to be a good person. When the very person that you are is being utterly avoided and ignored, you're here to live your soul's purpose. It's your only responsibility in life. And from that place of alignment with your soul's purpose and the cultivation of physical, emotional, and mental well-being around your soul's purpose, with your soul's purpose giving it context, you move into a place of great balance from which you can express not only your gifts, through your soul's purpose, but enormous generosity to the world, enormous grace. And so what has to happen, though, is the willingness to risk the fact that all of those stories that give you value in the world are not good stories and that there's one story waiting to be lived, waiting to be told. And that is you and the path of healing and reconciliation with yourself that allows you to come around to your soul's purpose and the expression of that in your life. And so ultimately, the well-being piece around soul's purpose that comes in your spiritual self is coming to recognize that you need to believe in a creator spirit that supports you in living your soul's purpose. And if you believe if you believe in a god that won't allow you to heal because it would make you a bad person to feel what you need to feel to do that healing, or you believe in a god that by definition by definition tells you you are worthless and sinful, then you've already undermined the whole deal. You've already undermined the whole point of being here, which is to understand that the universe will go on without you. So in that sense you are insignificant but that you are essential because you and only you can manifest this gift to the world. You and only you can live this face of the universe. And so again, from a shamanic perspective, the willingness to shape your life and your choices around this one true responsibility, reforging a relationship with your authentic self so that you will know your soul's purpose And the life ahead then to live that purpose, that in walking that path, it will bring all of your health and your well-being into alignment around that. It puts everything into perspective. Now, with that said, let me point out one thing that I have experienced in my life and have observed. If your body is in a state of unwellness that requires healing. If you follow the body's path of healing, that will also bring you back to your soul's purpose. That the body is incredibly wise. It is really designed to do one thing, which is to be in the moment and be the vehicle through which you express your soul's purpose. And so when we make it do all these other things, live in all these different times because we've abandoned ourselves, and so the body has to hold on to all those selves we've abandoned, live in all these different stories, many of which contradict each other, The body's doing all of these different things instead of the one thing it's designed and happy to do. And in the doing of all of these things, it becomes ill, becomes tired, it becomes stagnant, and it becomes exhausted from 
the constant multitasking. And if you follow the path of the body back to health and well-being, it will bring you into alignment with yourself. So that's another way. If you follow the path of your emotional healing, your emotional freedom, again, not psychological necessarily, but your emotional freedom to get all of your emotions back and to know your sovereign right to feel them, to respond to your life and to be able to feel your feelings without overexpressing or underexpressing yourself in reaction to things. To regain the health of your emotional body will also put you back on the path to alignment with your soul's purpose. Both of these paths are potent. When we start talking about spiritual and mental, there's a lot of other factors that can come in. They are not as reliable as a path back to your soul and your soul's purpose. They can be, but it's not quite as reliable. There's too much going on there, and it's too easy for us to misinterpret, misunderstand, and lie to ourselves. But you can follow the path back through the body and through the heart. So, the other thing about our soul's purpose, back to the sort of the yin and yang nature of things, from a shamanic perspective, we have a soul's purpose, which is just an energy. And in that sense, it's a yin energy. It's just sitting there. What we also have as adults, not as children, but as adults, is a need, a true need to express our work, to to do our work. Now, from a shamanic perspective, that's got nothing to do with salaries and money and rent and any status or any of that. Our work simply means to express our soul's purpose, to make it manifest in the world, to do whatever it is that we have come here to do. So our work then is the vehicle is the result of the vehicle we've chosen to live our soul's purpose or vehicles we've chosen. So we may go through a phase in our life where our main work is raising children. And then another phase in our life where our work is something more centered around our unique soul's purpose and is no longer centered around the children. So that's entirely possible with this idea of work. And so work then is the expression. It's the yang expression of the shamanic value for the yin expression which is the soul's purpose so within this from a Taoistic perspective we have this issue of virtue well we hope we have virtue and in the meantime if we don't have virtue we need to cultivate it and virtue in this sense is about strength not morality this isn't about morality at all that virtue the strength of virtue is self-possession Um, self-esteem. In shamanism, we would talk about sovereignty and dominion over yourself. And it's ultimately also about generosity. So from a Taoistic perspective, virtue is natural excellence. And so here we have in, in Taoism the same thing. This is now circles back round to soul's purpose. So uh, we cultivate virtue, self-possession, self-esteem, and generosity, and all these qualities as we cultivate our natural excellence. And our natural excellence is our expression of our soul's purpose. So again, our soul's purpose is unique. And I get emails constantly from people that want to talk about their book or talk about whatever their thing is on the radio show. But 
what I've experienced over the last 20 years of taking small groups down this path of discovering their soul's purpose and all that needs to happen so that they can live that in the world. As I've done that, what I've seen is it's just not as easy as any of these books. It isn't like three quick, simple steps to know your soul's purpose and go live it. Because the truth is, your soul's purpose is already here. You have always known it and you always will. It's right there in your heart. The issue is that we live in a way that we are either constantly talking ourselves out of that mentally or in our heart, we're abandoning that sense of ourself for other reasons that we believe are good and true. And so what's important for us to understand is that finding your soul's purpose in and of itself is not the point. Living it is. So herein lies the adventure and the challenges. And the main reason that I don't bring certain guests or authors or whomever onto the show. Because what I've seen over this last 20 years is that it is the living that's important. So living your soul's purpose will require healing from the path that you've walked to get here where you are right now in your life, there will be healing necessary. And living your soul's purpose will require warriorship, continuous and unflagging spiritual warriorship. And this is required to cultivate and maintain your right relationship with fear. Because remember, every single change you begin to make will bring up a fear response, no matter how welcomed ultimately by your soul No matter how clearly this will align you with your soul's purpose, your first response to it will be fear. And so to live your soul's purpose day after day, decade after decade, you must be engaged in this continuous spiritual warriorship to maintain a right relationship with fear and to be able to learn to discern the truth in the midst of all of the input that you're getting every day from within yourself and from outside of yourself. Living your soul's purpose will require that you release stories of who you are and how the world works. These are stories of power that you must let them go to find the teacher within yourself and surrender to the one true story. And that is the story of your oneness with all things and the uniqueness of your expression of that oneness. This is um, a piece that Ken Wilber talks about, is you may reach entire enlightenment and be one with all of the oneness, but the point is you're still here as a person. So there is that unique self or that authentic self, what I would call it, that needs to express your expression of that oneness. So to live your soul's purpose, you also must be able to envision yourself doing something no one has ever done before. And the thing that you're doing has never existed before. So at this point, in your relationship with your authentic self, the truth becomes paramount. If you were going to go through the effort to manifest something new and original in the world, it takes an enormous amount of energy. Let's make sure you're aligned with what is true for you. And at this stage, there are many, many aspects of your false self that will try to get you to do something that fits in better, that preserves some of that old belief system you've created about how to get through the world. 
And so in some sense, I'm trying to show you here is that finding your soul's purpose may in and of itself be the least of your problems. You've known it your whole life. It's always been here. You always will. That basically it's here. What you really need to learn is how to get out of your own way. How to surrender to the true nature of being a human. That you are an energy being in a universe that has this yin-yang energy to its nature. And that your reason for being here is to live your soul's purpose. Then beyond that, mostly what you need to do is learn how to get out of your own way. And getting out of your own way requires being able to engage with the wisdom of your physical body, the wisdom of your heart, the wisdom of your mind in its true role, and ultimately the wisdom of spirit. So in this adventure, There is a Taoistic principle that I have found very helpful, and I have actually spoken about it before. And it is that idea of of life as this dynamic between the adventurer and the ego. And here we go again. The yin aspect, the adventure, the exploration, and the ego, which is the yang, the desire to express the self. And in this sense, there is no negative Um, attachment to the ego here that this is just talking about two aspects of ourself and that these two must operate together for us to really follow our heart path and come to understand our soul's purpose and how to live it in the world and so what What's important to see here is that in this sense, your authority or your ego, this is the the part of yourself who is focused on the expression of your soul's purpose. So that this ego self, this authority within yourself will develop or not in direct relationship with your willingness to meet and transform your shadow, the aspects of yourself you have abandoned. And so it's important to understand this because the ego forgets. The ego just wants to express, 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 which is its job. But it forgets that its own strength, its own authority, its own capacity to be the one guiding that self-expression is entirely in direct relationship with the willingness to surrender the life over to the adventurer who is willing to go on the adventure of the discovery of the shadow self, of the denied self, of the self that you're not listening to, and to recover that self and transform it from the frustrated, angry, sad, depressed, whatever person that got abandoned back into the true nature of that energy. And so this this dynamic then of how do I go forward? Let's say you even understand the energy of your soul's purpose, that you know it. The living of it then requires that willingness to live both from this sense of the healthy ego, the one that's really focused on your expression of yourself, and the adventurer on allowing yourself to go on these unexplained adventures, um, unexpected journeys, things that seem to be um, 
can't remember the word for it. Sorry, I just spaced out there. When a detour that seemed to be detours from the main path and to take those detours into the self, into the heart, into the journey to find the you that has been abandoned and to bring that part of yourself back to gain, to give the ego strength and virtue ultimately. Another thing that we need to be aware of then in this is that the cultivation of the ego in the excessive fault sense, which is normally how we would use that word in America today, it usually has kind of a bum rap. But the, the, the excessive or false sense of the ego, this is, comes when the ego is, denies and refuses to take the vulnerable steps that lead to true power. And so once again, we're back into that yin-yang dynamic where the very strength and the ability to be in power is in proportion to our willingness to be vulnerable and come to understand the softer more fragile, perhaps wounded aspects of ourself and to bring those forward in the healing. And so this path of living our soul's purpose weaves in a great infinity sign, a great figure eight, continuously back and forth between that expression of self and what we discover in that and moving back into the adventure of the self that needs to become one with us, that which we have abandoned and bringing it back. It goes on and on and right in the core, right at the point in that infinity sign where these two globes come together, the globe of the ego moving forward and the globe of the adventure moving forward as energy moves back and forth, right at the center, moving the whole thing forward towards your soul's purpose is your passion, is your desire, is your longing. These are true energies moving you towards your soul's reason for existence. And so what is critically important there then in terms of restoring well-being is to free up our passion, our longing, our desire to be good and true um, compasses towards our soul's purpose. We must free them from obsession. We must free them from um, addiction. We must free them from denial, denial of our own longings. That we, these energies need to be freed from this excessive kind of bum rap they've been given in a contemporary life. And we do that through our healing. We do that through our daily practices. We do that through help from our relationship with spirit to see clearly where we have become blind or deaf or dumb or distorted in some way. So these energies then, these, not energies, these ways of being in life that allow us to move towards our soul's purpose and cultivate it in life and to do the healing and the exploration and all of the things necessary to keep this experience unfolding as a life that is aligned with soul's purpose. All of this really is supported by surrendering to the energetic nature of who we are, to the nature of that energy as yin-yang energy, and the understanding that all of that energy then through us as a human serves the expression of our authenticity and our soul's purpose. And that this is the only reason we're here. This is our responsibility for being here. And it is through giving these gifts that we will serve in our highest potential. And it is through this service and the, the fuller and richer and more balanced expression of ourself in the world that we become generous 
unable to give to the world in a good way. And it's through modeling this then that we model this behavior for other people. And other people become inspired to surrender their old stories and their attachments and their beliefs and become aligned with their soul's purpose. And in this way, we are all moving into a life that is driven by the need of the soul, the reason for being here on the planet and consuming resources and doing what must be done to keep a human being alive. We connect then with that reason. That reason gives us context for everything else. In that context then, we're able to relate appropriately and accurately with other beings and their reason for being here. And in this way, once we restore true, right respect for ourself and our reason for being here, and we get out of grandiosity and ego attachments and desperate attempts to try to prove that we're valuable and all of these other things that keep us confused. When we surrender to our soul's purpose and let that be the thing that puts our life in context, then it is very easy to honor and hold sacred the soul's purpose of other things and to move that beyond other humans to all things. And when we're moving from this place, from the soul's need, from the soul's reason for being here and engaging in life here, we are able then, because we've created a kind of alignment with truth and peace and balance within ourself, well-being within ourself, we can actually become the people that can inspire peace and balance and well-being in others. And in this way, this is a bit of a leap, but in this way, we step back into the dreaming. The dreaming of our ancestors who dreamt of a better future. And we in the present dreaming of a future that is calling, which is the descendants calling. And in this way, we begin to make decisions that allow us to be part of that dreaming and to create a world that will be good for the next seven generations, for those descendants who are calling, and that our gifts are given from the expression of our soul's purpose because it is the descendants who will need them to live their soul's purpose and carry the dreaming on in the world. So I'd like to thank you all for listening here today. I give thanks to the ancestors for being with us and supporting us. May we learn from them. We give thanks from the energy of the earth below and the sky above. And I give thanks for the hearts in each one of you, the hearts that unite us all. Give thanks to Last Mass Community for supporting the show, keeping it on the air. If you would like any information, you can go to the new website, lastmaskcenter.org. It's information about classes and events and the Encyclopedia of Shamanism, etc. And I ask you to please, if you'd be inspired by the show today, please share it with others. Please help this show to grow by sharing it with others. And if you would like a weekly email reminder, feel free to let me know. Christina at lastmasscenter.org. And we'd be happy to put you on the um, email reminder for the radio show. Just lets you know what the show is and gives you a link to get on it quickly. So thank you all for joining me here today. Have a great week.